Hello, church. Let me just get used to this microphone. Is that okay? Yeah? Okay, cool. So, this morning we're going to think about prophecy. Woo! And then we're going to try it. Da da da! <laughs> okay, so uh, you probably saw that coming. Mm, groan. Um, some of you are going to be comfortable with this. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And some of you are somewhere in the middle, and that's okay. Okay, so I'll just explain a bit with some examples. We'll look at prophecy in the Bible, and then we'll think about how to prophesy and how to receive a prophecy. Okay, so what is prophecy? Pro, meaning before, in front of. Fet, meaning speaker. A prophet is a before speaker. Prophecy is about saying something before it happens, foretelling. Um, So someone is able to say what's going to happen because God has told them. So let me not just casually say that and crack on. Let's just think about that. Is this possible? Yeah, of course this is possible. God knows everything. He's outside time. He created time. Of course he could tell us if he wanted to. What an honor to have the God of the universe share knowledge with us. I mean, that, that is a holy moment. Like, if you, if you receive something from God for someone else, what a privilege. If you're the person receiving a message from God through someone else, what a privilege. Um, and then when a believer shares what the Holy Spirit has prompted, it can affect reality. I just think that is mind-blowing. So why? why? Why does God tell us about the future? Why does he give us a prophecy for someone through another person. What's that about? Well, I think it shows that God cares. And he cares about the details in their lives. And he knows about the details in their lives, including ones that haven't even happened yet. And it's a gift to be close to God and hear from him as he helps and guides us forward. He loves each of us. And we get to demonstrate that love to people and give God the glory. And I think also, by speaking through one believer to reach other believers, he's drawing us together and building up his church. It's actually very powerful. And he's drawing us all closer to himself. So let me just give you um, a little Terry Virgo story uh, to illustrate this. This is from the early 80s, okay, about when New Frontiers was formed. So John Groves told a group of praying pastors from different churches that he saw this vision. He saw a herd of elephants running together towards the jungle. The way ahead looked totally impenetrable. But the elephants kept running forward and burst through the undergrowth, making a way where there was no way. John said, there are no well-worn paths ahead of you. Together, you can accomplish more than you could ever accomplish alone. After some days of reflection, prayer and discussion, I, this is Terry, felt sure God was inviting a group of pastors to form a new kind of relationship together. We were to join together on a mission and to have a new name, New Frontiers. How cool is that? So now here we are. This church is part of New Ground, which is part of New Frontiers group of churches. Thankfully, Terry didn't mind being compared to an elephant. And here we are 40 years later. Like, that is awe-inspiring. Okay, so I think... It is important just to back up a little bit because I do recognize that even as I'm speaking, some of you will be having different responses to the idea of prophecy. 
Like, what is your reaction to the idea of prophecy? Some of you will be a bit scared. Some of you will be feeling a bit awkward, a bit confused, maybe hurt, maybe there's pain there. Can you pinpoint your response? And I do think it's important we do this step just to help prepare ourselves to be willing to have a go later or another time. So I'm just going to give you a little while just to have a think before I keep going, okay? Just have a little think. What is your reaction to prophecy? Okay, some of you will be feeling a bit strange about all this, and you can ask God, hello, to gently make it clearer to you. Some of you will be feeling quite scared about this, but you can ask God to take away the fear. Some of you will be feeling disappointed, like you, you seem to get left out, you never experience anything. If you are really struggling with this, I would say, come and see us another time, like me, Linda Quincy, another leader elder, and if appropriate, we can pray with you and just talk to you about this, yeah? Maybe there's pain. And I'm sorry that you've been hurt, if that is the case, yeah? Ask God to help you forgive that person that said something unhelpful over you or damaging. And ask God to help you to be willing to have another go. And remember, you can choose how to receive or reject a prophecy. And we, we are going to look at that later. And then some of you will be feeling not bothered. Like you've heard this all before. You've been doing it for years. Uh, you don't mind if I would stop talking soon and you can get on with it. Um, or maybe you just think, oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. I don't do that anymore. I just say to you, today's the day. Don't let that be in the past. Don't let it put you off from exercising this gift again, okay? Like, you could ask God to show you who you could support today, who's maybe newer at this. That would be great. And then if you feel excited, intrigued, passionate about this, that's great. That's what we want. Um, but I just thought it was actually important to just take that time to recognize what might be going on and... If you let me, I'm just going to pray, actually, for us to help us deal with any negative responses so that they won't block us from having a go later, okay? So I'm just going to pray for all of us. Father God, we thank you that you love us. You know what has already happened to us. And if we've got any negative responses to the idea of prophecy. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to come in power now and help to heal us from any disappointment or any pain. Help remove any stumbling blocks that might stop us be willing to have a go. But even if there is pain, I ask that you would still come in your mercy and speak to us today and just maybe prompt us later in the week to make space to think this through and, and come to you and ask for healing. Okay, amen. Okay, well done. <laughs> Stay with me. Right, so this is not fortune telling. 
just to be clear, if you've been to a fortune teller, don't listen to them, okay? Don't let whatever they've said have any power over you. They serve other gods and spirits. They will take you away from Jesus. They will not lead you to God. God wants prophecy to draw us to him and release his power. And remember, scripture, prophecy must submit to God's scripture. God would never give a prophecy that disagrees with scripture. Scripture's got the ultimate authority over our lives, and we can't add to the Bible. It's already written. Prophecies today don't have the same authority as the Bible, but it also says, let's not despise it, because the Bible talks a lot about prophecy. So let's just have a look. Beautiful assistant, Julia, if you could put on the screen the... Um, that's it. Oh, it's a bit small. Okay, well, I'll read them out anyway. Um, so a lot of these you'll see from 1 Corinthians... Um, let's just go through them. So, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. We're to desire it, and it's a gift. The next one. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. That's quite clear. The next one. If an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their heart are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. That's actually very powerful because a lot of us might think, oh, let's not do this. This is a bit weird. It might put someone off and then never come back. But actually, what it says is they might actually end up worshipping God. So let's not, let's not run away from it. Um, and then last one from 1 Corinthians there. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Basically, what that's saying is you don't lose control of your mind and body when you're doing it. You stay in control because God is a God of peace. So don't be scared of that. Okay. Um, and then the last one is from Acts, which is actually itself is quoting Joel from the Old Testament. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So, yes, it's all people. Young, old, middle-aged, rich and poor, everyone. So God doesn't count you out, so... Don't count yourself out. Okay, so, quick poll. The Holy Spirit is willing. Are you willing? Can you give me a wave, thumbs up, if you think you're willing to believe that God is offering this gift to you? Give me a thumbs up or a wave. Okay, cool. That's actually quite a lot of you. And if you didn't put your hand up, it's okay. You've got a bit longer to think about it. Um, okay, back to the Bible. The Bible contains many, many prophecies. I wish I had time to go through them all, but I mean, that would probably take a lifetime. So um, there's just one that I want to call out to you because I had not heard this before, and I think it's great. So a disciple called Agabus makes a mistake with the details, but he's still in the Bible. <laughs> Which So I got this from Jeannie Morgan in her book, Encounter the Holy Spirit. I'll just summarize. Basically, in Acts 11... Agabus prophesies that Paul is going to be um, bound by his hands and feet um, by the Jewish leaders. 
But then actually, in Acts 21, we find out Paul was bound by a Roman soldier and not a Jew. So I love that even though Agabus made a mistake with a bit of the detail, he's still in the Bible. <laughs> That's like a real example of a human prophesying. Okay, great. So recap, prophecy is biblical. We can all ask the Holy Spirit to give us the gift of prophecy. I'm trying to encourage you to be willing to let the Holy Spirit move among us. So let's get on to the how. Um, if we could have the next slide. Yeah. Oh, that's also very hard to read. Basically, this is from David Shabbolt. Um, he is uh, somebody who um, led a training day on Academy. So some of us from Kings are um, on a leadership called course called Academy and David led a whole training day and it was great and um, here I am trying to summarize it in the morning so it's never going to happen but um, I thought this was a useful sheet basically talks about different ways how God can communicate to us so I'll just read out the key points from this um, scripture number one the Bible the absolute main way that he communicates to us because if we don't know about him, how can we speak for him? The still small voice. The most regular way of him communicating to us seems to cut across our own thoughts, but it's easy to miss. Vision can be still or moving. Like, so it could be in your mind's eye. Like if I say chocolate to you, you're now seeing chocolate in your mind's eye. Um, but it could also be immersive in the sense that you go into the vision. So that's quite common for a lot of people. The audible voice of God, <laughs> less common, but still possible. Um, can we have the next slide, please, beautiful assistant? Thank you. Uh, nature and all things around us, dreams, angels, biblical, but maybe we haven't thought about it as much, but still biblical. Um, a phrase or a sentence that lingers. It's like a phrase something comes back and doesn't go away. And then the senses, smell, taste, and touch. Because, yeah, we talk a lot about vision and hearing. Um, but there's also the other senses. So let me just give you some of the examples David used. Touch. Maybe you feel a pain, pain suddenly on your body when you're praying for someone. Or taste. One of David's examples was he was meeting a new potential client, got a strange taste in his mouth, and it was a bitter taste. And it didn't necessarily mean that he wasn't supposed to work with that client, but maybe God was showing him that they were a bitter person and he was being invited to pray for them. That's what his example was. And then smell. Someone got a strong sense of a smell of roses, felt that roses were significant to the person they were prophesying over. And they said to the person they felt God's pleasure on her, and that they could sense the smell of roses. And it turned out that the lady had a rose garden, which she used as her prayer place. So that was an encouragement to her. So, oh yeah, last one is puns or wordplay, even a joke. Uh, God has a brilliant sense of humour, and he loves to make us laugh, so he might speak in that way. Cool. So, God is ready to communicate. Now what? This is hopefully going to be helpful and quite practical. Um, so if we could go on to the next slide, please. And I'm sorry, there's no like clever 
acronym at the start of each bullet point or whatever. You know, I feel like I should have done that, but maybe next time. Um, <laughs> so let's just have a look at these ideas. And also, just to say, a lot of this comes from David Chadbolt. Credit to him. <laughs> okay, can't claim it all for my own. Um, so number one, want it. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. God wants you to work with him. He won't make you do it. But you can ask, but you can't demand it. And remember, I know this could first involve God asking you to heal from any past disappointments. Invite God and pay attention. Do you want to say something through me, Lord? Come, Holy Spirit, stir up this gift of prophecy. Then, revelation, interpretation, and application. So, not a biblical... Um, they're not biblical steps or anything, but this is just a common way that people break it down, um, is revelation, like, Lord, I'm sensing this. Please tell me more. Please highlight the important parts. Moving on to interpretation, like, God, why is this happening? What does this represent? Give me wisdom, please, God. And application, what's next, God? How does this apply to this person? And you might not have an application, and that doesn't have to stop you speaking. I know that is one of my weaknesses. I like to know the full picture, so I end up having a little battle in my mind. God, I don't want to say that word because I don't know what it means. It sounds weird. Uh, and, and then I might never actually know what that means, but the other person might know. So it doesn't have to stop you speaking. Um, and then delivery. So how you say it is almost as important as what you say. And I'm not sure that I'd really heard much teaching about this before. So I thought this was actually really helpful takeaway from David Chabot. He has a little thing that he helps him remember is say or pray. Am I going to say this or am I going to pray about it? So am I going to hear something from God and then am I going to say it straight away? Or actually, am I going to I'm not going to say it straight away. I'm just going to pray about it, sit on it, and maybe I'm going to tell them another time, or maybe I'm not actually going to tell them. And he actually said for him, like 80% of the time, he ends up taking it away and praying about it. Only 20% of the time does he actually say it in the moment. So just have that freedom to know just because you've heard something doesn't mean you have to blurt it out. Yeah? Um... Okay, and then also in delivery, just think about the setting. Like, in private or in person, um, in public, sorry. So, would this person appreciate it if I actually just tell them in private? Or is it appropriate for me to say in front of everyone else? Just being sensitive to the person. Um, and then ask permission, you know. Don't force it on them. Do you think I could share this vision I had just now with you? And then be responsible. Don't be one-to-one, -one, uh, just as a safety net for you and for the other person. Just wisdom. And then just avoid slipping into counselling mode and avoid saying things like, God says you must do this, because actually instead it's, I sense this. Um, what next? Yeah. Accept that you might get it wrong, and it's okay, like Agabus. 
last time, can you give me a wave or a thumbs up, right, if you think it's okay to make a mistake? Yeah, lots of you. So be encouraged for later when you're having a go. It's okay, okay? You're going to be forgiven. Um, remember, it's for strengthening, encouraging, comforting. The motive is to show people the love of God. And remember, no hatches, no matches, no dispatches. That's not a biblical, <laughs> biblical thing, but it's just to protect us. Basically, no births, no marriages, no deaths. Let's try not to tell someone they're going to die next week or something. Okay, just protect ourselves from that, okay? And then we leave it with the other person. Great. So just final bit. Well done, staying with me. Can we just have the last slide, please, Julia? How to receive. Yeah, okay. So like I said before, don't be one-to-one. Best to have someone else with you. And also record it. Because then you can go back to it, weigh it up, and weigh it up with someone else if you need to. Check it against scripture. Check it against common sense. Check it with another person. You can ask God to confirm it via another person. Holy Spirit, please send me another sign to back this up. Or just pray it through with someone else that you trust. And you don't have to accept it, as I said before. You can reject it, which is rejecting the prophecy, not the person. Um, but you do have that freedom, right? You're the receiver. It's up to you. Um, and then pray, obviously. Offer it back to God. God, is this for me? So you've weighed it. And then if you weigh it and you accept it, respond. Have faith. Respond in proportion to your faith. Believe it and step out. And treasure it. If you value it, you could stick it in a post-it note, in a scrapbook, record it somewhere so that you can look back later and celebrate and remember and lift your future faith. And then optional last step, you could share it. It's obviously encouraging for us in church family if you can share how a prophetic word made a difference to you because it gives us faith that the Holy Spirit could do it again. And it's faith-building to see God moving among us. But obviously... You don't have to. Um, so just to finish, I thought I'd just give you a quick example for one that was given to me. Um, so some of you heard this before, so sorry. Um, so a friend was praying for me. They saw a picture. There was a river. Some rocks were breaking the surface and disrupting the flow. The rocks were being removed by God, and then the river began to flow faster. So at that time, I was very anxious about work. I was intimidated by my boss. Um, I was actually being physically sick, and I was very scared of my upcoming appraisal. <laughs> um, so obviously, this testimony encouraged me. Um, and I prayed a lot for God to change the situation, to soften my boss's heart. I knew he could only do it. It's in his power. Um, so, yeah, obviously this, this little prophetic vision gave me encouragement to trust God and let go of the fear. And miraculously, I went into the appraisal unafraid. And also, miraculously, my boss <laughs> was softened towards me and she was on my side, which is the opposite to what I expected. <laughs> and then... 
letting go of that fear released something in me because then later that night I went to a prayer meeting. Someone prayed for me to receive the gift of speaking in tongues and I felt the Holy Spirit washing over me and I spoke in tongues for the first time in my life and I've been praying for that gift for about 10 years. Um, yeah, <laughs> praise God, yeah. Um, and then the same friend prayed for me and they saw the river again and it was flowing completely clear. So I've got that in a scrapbook. Um, so now I'm going to say it's over to you. We're going to have a go. Let's see what God's got for us today. Um, what next? I think let's get into groups of minimum three, maximum four. So there's not much leeway there, but three or four. <laughs> um, preferably with people you feel comfortable with. Invite the Holy Spirit and pay attention. And then take turns praying for one person in your group at a time. And then if appropriate, like pray or say on the other slide, share what you sense with that person. Actually, if we can leave that, the slide before, yeah, we'll leave that up just so you can have a look if you need reminding in the moment. Um, and then we will also just leave space afterwards for anyone who wants to share from the front an encouragement um, so we can praise God together. We don't have to, like I said, okay, but we will leave that space. And I am going to give the mic back to Linda, so come through Linda for that. Um, so my final, let me just say a final thing before we get going. If no one comes to the mic, it doesn't mean God's failed. If you don't prophesy over someone or no one prophesies over you, it doesn't mean God doesn't love you. He does love you. And whatever happens, just let your faith and expectancy rise for it to happen to you soon. Maybe today, maybe in the coming term. Obviously, I'm preparing you for the next preaching series already. Um, so let, let's let the Holy Spirit have the freedom to manifest his presence and do his will among us. Amen. Okay, if you get moving, let's get into our little groups. <laughs>